0: Up, drink them down, whiskey and cigars all around.
1: Cheers, y'all. Love that sound!
2: Welcome, my friends. I, you know why? Because it means it's time for smoking and toasting. Yeah, it's, it's
1: hard to go into the it's hard to go into the uh, uh, program after you do that sound and not be like ready to
2: have a party, ready to rock it. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. It's, it's, like it's instantaneous. It's, it's part of the fun, and we are going to have fun today because on show number one seventy one for smoking and toasting. Welcome to our pipe show twenty twenty. Now that doesn't mean we won't do a second pipe show this year. But at least we'll do at least one, and so I thought we'd just put the year on it. Did we do two? We did two
1: last. I think year. we did two last so this year. This is yeah. our
2: biannual mm-hmm. pipe
1: show. Mm-hmm. This is the first of our biannual pipe show. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you smoking there, by the way? Well,
2: this is well, this is my little uh, awesome pipe that my wife got me for Christmas a couple of years ago. And that's uh, a beautiful pipe. By the way, thank you. I do love this pipe very much, and I don't have the selection of pipes that you have. I have this and a Mirsham corn did, cob pipe. I did bring a little selection. You the brought a little selection. In front of the Whenever we do the pipe show, there. the subtitle for the show is Ian shows off. That's the that's <laughs> the subtitle. No,
1: am going to smoke a few of my pipes today. Right now I'm starting off with my little nose warmer here. Yes, this is a little yes. Stonehaven pipe that I had a new stem fit. This is I think from the uh from the 50s or early 60s. This pipe uh, came out. It's it
2: got a, that look to it like right. that little, you know, 1950s and, pipe smoker look.
1: obviously it's a nose warmer just because of the size that you can mm-hmm. see. How close it is to my face but, uh, And it's a great little place This is great for like a short smoke And it also fits in a shirt pocket So it's got a couple really cool things about it
2: Well we are A um, couple things to take care of a little business here We're brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant At 1814 Washington Ave in Houston In the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth By B.B. Italia on Memorial in Houston B.B. Lemon on Washington Ave And the Annie Cafe and Bar on Post Oak Boulevard In Houston Now we are live today at the Shady Acres Saloon in the Heights in Houston, and what a great place this is! Ian, tell me a little about the history of this place. This has well, been so open this place what been a year? About a year and a
1: half now. Yeah, okay. Um, so this is owned by uh, a gentleman named Mike Bell. He owned uh, another bar over in a uh, Houston Montrose area, the uh, next door bar right next to mm-hmm. to a uh, an old Houston staple called Rudyard's. And um, I met Mike when he actually worked at Rudyard's as a bartender. And uh, attached to the building, uh, in uh, where Rudyard's is located, um, there was a couple other office spaces towards the end of the building. So he took the last office space on the end of the bar, or on the end of the, uh, at the end of Rudyard's, and opened it up as a new bar called the Next Door Bar.
2: And that was, by the way, a great bar. One of my favorite hangout bars in that neighborhood. It was an
1: interesting bar because it was also an art gallery. Mm -hmm. You know, it was. And he did a lot of art shows and things like that in there. Uh, bands have played in there. DJs have played in there. And it's a tiny place. As a matter of fact, if you look at the size of the area we're sitting in right here, it wasn't that much bigger than where we're sitting right here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it had it had a great crowd. I, it, it took over a lot of when uh, when Emo's closed down in Houston. It took over a lot of the Emo's crowd there and the personality. And it was pretty interesting.
2: One of the things I remember loving about The Next Door was the jukebox. Yeah, the they had juke a great jukebox was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: you know, the the art of the jukebox is missing cuz now everyone has those um uh, digital the connected digital jukeboxes. jukeboxes right. where you can have anything and you know the problem with those is you stand up uh stand up to it and you just get analysis paralysis. Like you're standing there going, "Well, I want to hear a song, but every song in the world's open to you." So you don't know what to choose, <laughs> you know? Like
2: <laughs> right, you need you need to be able to flip through and go, "Oh, do I want Metallica or Hank Williams?
1: Right. You know? A well-curated jukebox is a lot more fun than listening to anything you want. Absolutely. Because you, know? you got to create a playlist with your $5 that... That comes from the selection that you have. You and have to. It, it's a level of craftiness. It's like it's like you have to be more creative with three crayons than when you have a box of sixty-four.
2: And you know what's even worse about that? What's that? Is that the other guy in the bar can create his own playlist from anything that's right. that he wants, and that can suck. <laughs> that can. And then really the digital
1: suck. ones suck too because if you pay like some stupid amount of money, you can just play your song first. So you end mm. up hearing. So you end up hearing like stupid stuff on it anyway. Let's get off of that rant. So he <laughs> uh, so <laughs> he opened this place up about a year and a half ago. Uh and um and just recently the next door uh bar has shut down and I believe that Lilia that owns uh Rudyards is taking that space over. Makes sense and, yeah, it's and, good use the and space. creating Rudyards as a bigger and bigger place. So um uh which is nice that that place has always been a staple uh, of the Houston Montrose area but uh Mike opened this area and it's great we're inside I want to do the shooting inside because this place just looks cool yeah like this is a great atmosphere here um look at these tables I mean the the, the decor in here is rustic to say the least
2: just and a popcorn
1: least. machine which by the way does have popcorn in it we're going to be munching on that and it's awesome moment. yes it's awesome <laughs> popcorn <laughs> yes <laughs> and the buck on the wall everything mm-hmm. so um so anyway, I thought it'd be fun to uh to do a show over here and talk about the bar a little bit and uh and you know, it's a good place to do our pipe show. So, um uh yeah, so that's that's a little, that's what I know
2: about it. Now, one of the things that we don't talk about a lot on the show, but we do most of the time is we'll have what uh, we call a show beer to get the Show started, and it's not one of the beers that we're necessarily tasting and commenting right. on. Uh, it's just to kind of get our palates going, yes. and uh, in case we're thirsty before the show starts. So and we don't, also just to drink beer. Yeah, so we don't break into the uh, sh- beers that are going to be talked about on the show too early. And uh, so I was curious. You've got a nice dark porter there. What do you? Uh, what, what did you mm. choose for your show beer?
1: He has a, he has an interestingly curated uh, selection of beers. He's got some craft beers, and of course, he's got all the macro brews. And I love that he's filled up his uh, uh, his draft beers, don't have all the macro drafts. Uh, all of his drafts right. are uh, micro-brew, independent. So I'm looking at uh, Eureka Heights. I'm looking at... Um, St. Arnold five one two pecan porter is what I'm having right here. That's from ah, Austin.
2: From Austin, and you're yep.
1: having the five one two IPA. Yeah. I noticed. I right? didn't
2: realize we both had a five one two. Yes, we representing the, uh, Austin. Today. This is the uh, <laughs> this is the five one two IPA, which is a wonderful IPA. By well, you right. know, so many bars very well balanced. So
1: many bars, uh, especially when you have he, he doesn't have a ton of taps, but he's got what s six and so he's got twelve taps over there, and every one of them is an independent brewery. Um, on there, every single one of them, instead of going, okay, I'm just going to take AB Imbev's suggestion and use all their macro right. crafts. Macro craft, yes. Macrocraft, that's our yep, name for that's it what now. we call it, yeah. Macro craft and, and put it up there. So you don't see a lot of the usual suspects up there uh, as far as you, you're not getting a whole bunch of the Carboc and a bunch of other stuff. Now, he does have one Carboc on there and he's got plenty of it in the uh, in the cooler. Sure. Well, most hey, listen, Carboc's
2: very popular and I yeah, would carry it the drives, if I were running around. And the box. I think
1: it's a well curated. I think it's a pretty well curated bar as far as that goes. He's got pretty much whatever you'd like to drink. He's got some, he's not known as a whiskey bar or uh, a scotch bar, or anything like that. But he does have a nice selection if you're a drinker. He's got some nice high end stuff. He's got all the midline stuff, and of course, you know, there's always wells, well's Drinks. Well, and it's
2: yeah, and it's a cool, awesome place to come and hang out. I can tell you that because yeah. it's got atmosphere like crazy. So, uh, so it's very cool. Yeah, it's, well. Now, we're, most of the beers that he has on tap, as great as the selection is, uh, are things that we have tasted on the, yes. Uh, yes. on the show before. So I brought along some things for us to do for our tasting beers today. And uh, I say. thought I'd run this down for you from uh, Dallas uh, and the Community Beer Company will be trying their public ale. It's an English-style ale. That'll be our first beer today. Nice. And then Evil Twin Brewing, which we've had some of their... They're out of Brooklyn, New York. They're we've had some of their beers fun. before. Now, they're always is fun. is that
1: the one... Now, back up for a second. Is this the one with the longest names ever? It is Evil Twin. As
2: far it? as I know, this is the longest name of a beer that... Certainly that I've ever seen. I mean, we I'm talked guessing. about
1: this just briefly, I think, yes. uh, a couple of weeks ago. We couldn't remember which brewery it was. That, it's...
2: It's an IPA. Here's the IPA we'll be tasting today. The name of the IPA is... I can't help but feel a specific anger of waiting in line to swipe at the subway turnstile behind someone who does not know how to swipe.
1: Excuse me, bartender. I would like a... (laughs) Uh, uh,
2: An I can't help but feel a specific anger of waiting, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, (laughs) It is a a really nice-looking can of double dry-hopped double IPA. It's about... uh, 8.5%. Eight and a half percent. So we'll be getting to that. Yeah, they later had on a the they
1: had a Christmas beer that was something about being alone on Christmas and sitting in a hotel room or something like yeah. that. Was it was a I long think, name. Like I that. think they
2: just keep challenging themselves to go <laughs> longer and longer and longer. Um, so we'll be tasting that today, and then from Voodoo Brewing, uh, we'll be tasting their Big Black Voodoo Daddy Imperial Stout. Now, so that should be exciting. It's
1: actually my fault that we're tasting that. Yeah, as I was supposed to bring a barley wine. Yes. And I failed. Well, I brought everything else I needed, but I forgot that. The but good you news thankfully, is The
2: good news, I had your back. I tossed this Imperial Stout in the bag just in case because I thought we've been, been wanting to taste this one anyway. So we'll do the barley wine next week. That was awesome. Well, uh, welcome to the show. It is our Pipe Show 2020. Uh, we'll be talking about, we'll briefly go over kind of the pipe basics for those of you who are not experienced in pipes. I'm Barely experienced in pipes, and Ian is very experienced with pipes, so we'll let him uh, lead the tutorial here. And then, uh, some interesting things to talk about another company has pulled out of the PCA show, the cigar show, again. In Vegas. Another one, yep, and another one bites the dust, my friends. Atwater Brewing, the biggest craft brewery in Detroit, oh, no. has been purchased by Molson Coors. So we'll tell you about that coming up. Uh, it's going
1: to have a cold-activated can. Yes.
2: <laughs> craft beer with a cold-activated can. You know, when the, when the picture of the guy on the front, when his beard turns blue, you know <laughs> that your craft beer is cold. Your macro craft, which is what it will ultimately macro be. Macro craft. Uh, and uh, last week we teased you with this. Uh, don't believe the hype. Craft beer is not dying. And then when I went to the article, the pop-ups on the uh, page were so annoying that I couldn't actually get to the article I to that. share some of the actual numbers with you. Uh, so anyway, I, did, I tracked it down, did the research. We've got that that we can talk about this week as well. But awesome. uh, but pipes, Ian, this is a... Uh, now, now let me ask you this question, and then you can lead us into a pipe tutorial, but I find that I have to relight my pipe a lot. Am I doing something wrong, or is that just kind of a normal um, normal part of smoking a pipe?
1: Um, well, here's the deal. If you stop talking and smoke your pipe, you won't have to relight it as much. Yeah, that's probably okay? the reason. show. I'm and... not trying to say that in a snarky way. But the truth is, no, of is, course not. Why would he ever do that? I, well, I'm not a snarky person by any means. <laughs> anyway, um, so no, the truth is, uh, it's part of it. Like smoking a pipe is not exactly like smoking a cigar. It's and it's nothing like smoking a, a cigarette or vaping or anything like that. Smoking a pipe is a ritual. And part of that ritual is lighting your pipe and relighting it when it goes out. The other thing, too, is you don't get, it's not like a cigar where if it goes out, there's a chance you get a penalty on the right. burn and it gets bitter, okay? Pipe tobacco is just not like that. It's not packed that tight. You don't get a lot of stale taste if you relight it and stuff like that. Um, and you can pack it. Some some tobaccos are just better at packing and, and, and in such a way and in staying lit really well some tobaccos just don't do it as much if you pack your pipe loose um the tobacco will burn a little hotter but it also will uh, can go out pretty quickly if you pack it tight it burns a little cooler and sometimes people say they get a little more flavor but you get a little harder draw but also can go out because it's packed tight if you pack it just right it may stay lit sometimes that happens i i, I probably have about a 60 percent rating on uh when i pack a pipe okay but frankly i don't care that much right um because it's i'm just going to relight it yeah, yeah. So, uh, like, when I go to the Renaissance Festival and I'm smoking a pipe walking around, in my hand is my lighter. Mm -hmm. It just lives in my hand. And it's okay. And every once in a while I reach up and relight my pipe.
2: When you're at the Renaissance Festival and you're smoking a pipe, do you find that that aids you at all in your search, your quest, as it were, for the cloak of inebriation?
1: Okay, so, here, the pipe that I usually carry around, I'm going to bring this one right up to the camera here. So this pipe, this is a Nording freehand pipe, and it's a very rustic looking pipe. And it holds a look at the size of the bowl on that thing; it holds a lot of tobacco. What does freehand mean? In it it that? just means it's carved in a freehand manner. Okay, gotcha. So now it's not
2: it's pretty, pretty rustic around the top there. Yeah, and for instance,
1: smooth. these uh, Nording freehands, when you buy one, there are no two alike. They're all similar. A lot of them have that raw edge on it and stuff like that, but there literally are no two alike because they're free handed out of a piece of briar to a basic shape like this and then they do different things like this one has little carving going around the stummel here and, um, and a little flattened part on the top, but I have another one at home that's completely different. There are no two alike, so the Nording freehand is a cool pipe just in the fact that, you know, it's kind of rustic and it's roughly carved out of a piece of briar. So this is the one I carry around when I'm uh, wandering around the Renaissance Festival. And you asked if it helps. Like, when I go to the Renaissance Festival, this is what I call my quest for the cloak of inebriation every year. Um, And uh, what it does help with is it helps me look the part.
2: That makes sense. So
1: let let me explain. If I'm standing there with a pipe like this, you can see. There's a particular look I have. And yeah. then I can look incredibly intense by simply doing this.
2: Mm-hmm. So if yeah, you're asking that right someone, there. could you give me some directions or suggestions in my quest for the cloak of inebriation, and then you point in a particular direction with your pipe, they yes. can let you know if that's the way to go. But or see now it perhaps this way might be
1: let better. me let me explain, okay, because I don't want you to use the pipe incorrectly. When you point with a pipe, you mm-hmm. have to point very vaguely. I you never point very specifically, right. because that that's amateur. I, yeah, that, I got you. That okay. immediately says, hey, I'm a noob. See,
2: these are the things you don't learn on other shows, by the way. <laughs> these are important, <laughs> important things that you want to know, that you need to know. Just so you know, that,
1: that minute of silence, for those of you who are listening and not watching, Josh... Um, what I did is I took the pipe out of my mouth and vaguely started to point as if I was going to say something and then put it back in my mouth. It was very vague, yes. To, yes. It was very
2: vague, yes. Yeah.
1: So it, 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 it just, it's, it's a certain look that you get, you know? Mm-hmm. So And then when you have a kilt on on top of that, it's, it's, it just it kind of brings the whole ensemble together. You know, it ties the whole thing together.
2: I'm liking it. I'm liking yeah. it. Uh, you uh, offered me some pipe tobacco when uh, you got here. You had several I different did. tins. And I op- the, first one that, the first one I opened up, I thought, this smells great. I want to try this. I didn't even open any of the rest of them. And then you're having the same tobacco. What is it that we're smoking here?
1: This is the McBaron Dark Twist Roll Cake. So a dark twist is, uh, have you ever seen a rope of tobacco? What they do is they take the tobacco leaves and they twist it up and let it cure that way. And then you cut it up. Mm -hmm. And it looks like. You ever seen a Swiss cake roll? You know how, how they look on the cover where they show the inside of it where it's rolled like that? It looks kind of like that except okay. for without the, the creamy stuff in the middle because that would be weird. <laughs> yes. But um, it looks kind of like that. And then they cut it up and they put it in this tin. And it's actually in such a state that you actually have to what we call rubbing it out where you break it up a little bit with your uh, uh, fingers uh, before you put it in the pipe. And that's why it's called a dark twist. That's the way the tobacco was made and aged. And then they cut it up and put it in here. So this is their, it says a sweet natural pipe tobacco made from high-grade uh, tobaccos. This is a, it's an aromatic, but it's not a really uh, super sweet aromatic. It's it's mm-hmm. kind of along the middle of it. And it has uh, It has a little more of the leather and uh, earthy flavors yes. going on in and there. A, what are you getting at as, it?
2: as someone that smokes cigars a lot more often mm-hmm. than pipes, I have a tendency to not be as crazy about some of the sweeter pipe tobacco so this works for me because it is aromatic but it's got um like you said it's got some earthiness to it yeah it's got definitely. a little bit of um, uh, woodiness mm-hmm. even to it and uh, and like you said the leather uh, vibe is is very nice yeah
1: leather i would say this is definitely like a leather and cedar with some sweet notes to it mm-hmm. more than anything and then yeah. also like you know how when you, like a lot of our audience knows us from smoking cigars and things like that and you know you take the same blend of a cigar and have it in four or five different sizes and you'll notice that each size kind of has its own take on that flavor even if they're all the exact same blend that's right well every pipe does that
2: every different i'm, I'm pipe having itself that you right, smoke right
1: every single different pipe has a different smoking characteristic so because i'm using a very small bowl and uh and uh, I'm smoking a very small pipe, and it's very close here. My, my smoke is probably a little hotter than yours, and I'm getting a little bit different flavor experience than you're getting from your right. larger bowl, right. longer pipe, recurve, and everything gotcha. like that.
2: Gotcha. Well, and I'm really glad that you explained that concept because this tobacco was, again, um, a little more bunched, needed to be uh, mm-hmm. loosened up. And I'm really glad that you explained on the show the process for doing that uh, because earlier when you were asking me if I knew how to rub it out, I thought it was a really inappropriate uh, um, question. Well, well, and why? Just uh, Like, you know, what does that mean? For you to ask me I don't, if I, don't I knew understand. how to rub one you're out? Gonna
1: to, you're going to have to explain this okay, to me. Okay, well, maybe <laughs> in between
2: the... Uh, okay. Maybe in between we're, the... We'll stop uh, that. Okay, <laughs> yes.
1: No, uh, but it, yeah, that is a term. If your tobacco is not completely cut um, into the right appropriate size to load in your bowl... Now, a lot of tobacco is. Like, for instance, I have this... Uh, Bulk tobacco that I really enjoy. This is a very sweet aromatic. I don't think you like this one as much, but I like this a lot. I get this from the uh, Briar shop, and it's called the Accountant. Very sweet aromatic um, uh, tobacco, but it's already cut uh, to the appropriate size. You just load this directly into your bowl. And a lot of tobaccos are like that, but some tobaccos are, you know, just a different presentation. It's kind of like, it's kind of part of the, you know, coolness of it. Some of it's pressed into strips. You and know, so you have
2: to definitely and you have work to break on that, it up, for a while. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, um, I, I, I like. There's just such a different culture to the whole of pipe smoking mm-hmm. than there is to cigars. It's a completely different, yeah. Uh, you know, it's co- completely different set of things that you have to learn, you know, yes, uh, in order to be able to do it right. How when you're filling the bowl with tobacco and getting ready to light your pipe, should you fill it all the way to the top? Is that the right way to do it? Depends entirely on how much you want to smoke. So it's okay to only fill it halfway, Absolutely. or, or Absolutely. three quarters. Smoke, you like you if, can you've got, enjoy if you've got
1: fifteen minutes to smoke a pipe, don't fill it to the top. Right. you're just wasting your tobacco. I mean, you can, right? But you know, you get the same result if you fill it to the top and then, you know, throw a pinch of tobacco away, or fill mm-hmm. it halfway and throw a pinch of tobacco away. Um, you, you can, you can put as much or as little in there as you want. Now, there's a limiting factor. I have a very small bowl here. I filled it to the top. It's it's going to be a short. A uh, bowl to smoke, but uh, I can't really fit my fingers into this because the hole's too small. And so I have, have to use big a fingers, tamp, yeah. so I have a tamp, so I yeah. can do it that way, but if I didn't have my tamp handy, then I would have to fill it to the top so I could actually so I could tamp it compress down to get it a it, little yeah, bit. To get you know?
2: And that's important, too, because if it's too loose, uh, it'll burn too hot, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: And, and here's the thing, too. like There's there's so many different kinds of pipes. Like This one I mentioned is small enough to just fit in the pocket, but I have over here, I brought this intentionally to show... Uh, uh, to show on the show here. This is a Peterson Army pipe. And this particular kind of pipe, as you notice, has a silver uh, bit around the stummel that uh, that goes into the stem. And this was made so that you could simply take it apart, put it in your pocket, you don't have to worry about breaking your pipe, and then simply easily reassemble it and
2: smoke at your leisure, Ian what does a pipe like that cost? this particular
1: pipes probably in the eighty to a hundred and twenty depending on
2: what you get so if you're just starting out as a pipe smoker, how much should you spend on your first pipe? Get a Missouri meerschaum there uh, did, did you bring your uh, Missouri meerschaum
1: I didn't bring one today. Missouri meerschaum is a uh, company that makes corn cob pipes and there's absolutely nothing like wrong with the corn cob pipe these pipes cost anywhere from seven to fifteen dollars Now, all of this being said i usually take it apart and take out the filter because i don't really like that very much Mm -hmm. but some people leave it in it doesn't matter if you don't know the difference it probably doesn't make any difference they sell packages of filters if you like that these particular pipes uh, missouri meerschaum is the company that makes those and i think that's just kind of a tongue-in-cheek because meerschaum comes from Turkey and surrounding area and looks like this, whereas Missouri Meerschaum is just a corn cob. I think that's just kind of a tongue-in-cheek thing. Kind of the way they do it. Yeah. <laughs> so That makes sense. Um, so if, you're gonna, if you've never smoked a pipe before, um, go buy a handful of them. Buy two or three Missouri Meerschaum pipes because here's a, a, a crazy truth in the world of pipes. If you buy a Missouri Meerschaum for, so let's say you buy on the low side, you buy one for seven or eight bucks. To get a pipe that smokes better than that, you're going to be spending sixty plus, okay, easily, easily. Like not even like, huh? Now, if you go out and you buy a forty dollar pipe that you like, it's probably a good smoking pipe, but it's not going to smoke much better than a Missouri Meerschaum.
2: So you're telling me that that seven to fifteen dollar pipe is going to smoke just as good as most pipes up to up to about $60. About $60. Yeah, wow. easily.
1: And the cool thing is, because they're inexpensive, pipes will also get ghosted. Uh, there's a tobacco made by Dan Tobacco Company called Devil's Holiday. It smells amazing, and it's kind of annoying to smoke. Like, it's it a little too sweet and cloy. This is just right, for me. Right, you know? right. It's a little too sweet and cloy, but the nose, the uh, the room note on it is amazing. The problem is it will ghost a pipe so bad that a year later you will still be able to smell that tobacco in it, even if you smoked a ton of other tobacco. So
2: when it. you're using the phrase ghost a pipe, yes. what you mean is that that tobacco, that tobacco smell, the aroma of uh-huh. it, is going to linger in that pipe and parts well beyond the when pipe, you smoke right. it. Wow. Imparts it into the pipe. Imparts it into the pipe. That's fascinating. Now
1: some some pipes will get ghosted with a particular flavor, but then after you smoke some other stuff in it for a while, that kind of goes away. I see. So this is brings up the next thing. Why did I say buy a handful of Missouri Meerschaum pipes? Well, because if you ghost a pipe with something super sweet that smells amazing, but you find after you smoke two or three bowls of it, you really are kind of done with it. You don't want to use that pipe to smoke something like this dark twist cuz this dark twist is going to have that cherry sweetness to it.
2: And it doesn't matter how you clean it. Nope. it. Wow, interesting. No.
1: No. When a pipe's really seriously ghosted, that's pretty much I have one pipe that I had that tobacco in that I used um, years ago, you can still smell it in there. And I that that pipe is just for very specific, very crazy aromatic tobaccos now because it's so ghosted I don't bother with Smoking other stuff. So
2: you only go there when you got something right. really, and that was a nice pipe. The
1: yeah. I mean that was like about a sixty dollar pipe that is now designated to only that stuff because, <laughs> which makes it. You know, if you buy a Missouri Mearsham, you you just wasted seven bucks. You could just throw it away <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. or keep it for when you or want keep, that right, again. Right. right? Yeah, but Absolutely. and
1: and there's other things about it too, like uh, like different pipes will smoke differently, and and different tobaccos go well in different pipes. You know, I usually like a bigger bowl with aromatics and a smaller bowl with with um, more English-style tobaccos or Mm -hmm. Virginia-style tobaccos. Um, That, to me, they just seem to meld well, and you'll find after you... Much like if you're a cigar smoker, you like certain size cigars. Right. You will like certain styles of pipes because of the tobacco that you generally Did
2: like. That you generally like that works well with that particular yes. style and size of bowl. Well, it's, it's such an interesting culture, the pipe culture. And I'm still learning you know, much more about it. But it's, it's, it's great that you've got this much pipe experience that you can kind of help us down this path a little bit. Um, so i tell you what let's do. Let's take a break because when we come back, we're going to start our beer tasting. We've got this community ale English ale. It's actually a, uh, um, I think they call it public ale. I'll look at my notes here. Yeah, public ale. It's an English style ale. We'll be tasting that in this next segment. We got a lot of news to talk about. We'll tell you about Molson Coors uh, buying the uh, Atwater Brewing Company. And uh, then we'll uh, get into maybe some of the different tobaccos a little bit. And I want to find out whether or not you have – because I know you like to smoke a lot of different styles of pipe tobacco, but whether or not you have a favorite and what direction you go if you're like sort of like, okay, I got time to – Basically, smoke one bowl. Where are you headed? Yeah. So I'll ask you that in the next segment, and uh, we will uh, return with a little beer tasting. Oh, and we're going to taste some whiskeys too. Before we oh do yes, the, we have a couple of nice ones over. Yes. over here. So we'll get to that as well. It's smoking and toasting. It's show number one seventy one. It's our pipe show. And by the way, my friend Pat may be joining us. He's a pipe. Oh, that'll smoker. be fun. He's kind of a uh, well. I think he's been smoking for a long time, but I don't. I don't think he's really that. Well versed in pipe tobacco, because he told me my tobacco's really old. I said we got plenty of tobacco. Come on and get on the show, and we'll uh, we'll freshen you up. So, uh, so he may be joining us in the show uh, as well. We're looking forward to it. Uh, we are live, and we are enjoying this place. It is the Shady Acres Saloon at the Heights in Houston, and or in the Heights neighborhood. And we'll be right back. Smoking the to toast. All right. All right. Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. It's show number one hundred and seventy one. It's our Pipe Show twenty twenty, and we are Brought to you by B and B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston, and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth, and uh, bacon, 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 bacon. Man,
1: the bacon there is so good.
2: <laughs> I mean, the steaks almost go without saying, but the bacon is amazing. Now, Ian, I have to tell you, I look forward to our pipe shows. I really do, because as much as I enjoy cigars, and they're my, you know, they're my sort of go-to for when I want to smoke something. Uh, The whole concept of doing the pipe show, I feel like I learned quite a bit on on the show, and I just enjoy, there's something about all these different styles of tobacco and being able to to taste them that, you know, it it would feel a bit indulgent if you laid out six or seven cigars and tasted all of them in one sitting. Right. Well, that's one of the fun things. Now, here's something. Uh, If you go into your local
1: pipe shop, Usually, you know, pipe or cigar shop. If they have pipe tobacco, and you bring your pipe, those shops will allow you to take a pinch and put it in your bowl and smoke it to see if you like it. You can try them that way at That's the shop.
2: Really cool. Like,
1: how awesome is that? What
2: you others? can't necessarily pick a cigar out of the humidor, light and it up, and go, "Nah, this wasn't what I was looking for." Try a couple puffs and go,
1: "Man, not so much." Right? No, no, they allow you to do that uh, because they, you know. And you get to open it. You get to smell the different tobaccos. You get to try them and things like that. These are, these are such fun things to do at the shop. Then you get the whole social side right. of sitting down and, uh, and, and talking to people because everyone's going to come up and be like, what are you smoking? It's just right, like, right. you know, and it's a, good, it's a fun social thing. Um, plus, pipes smell good, you know? Yes. Like, yes, they do. Like, now, I, I love cigars. And I love the smell of cigars, but I do understand that even a great cigar smells like a cigar. Right. Pipes almost never get a complaint. No, you're right. When you're smoking a
2: and, pipe. And I've I've gotten that from people before who will say, "Yeah, I don't like being around smoking." Except I love when a man smokes a pipe. Yes. You know, yes. Uh, there's something about it, and I think it may be because pipe smoke, pipe tobacco can be so aromatic, and and it just is a different. Flavor that's reaching people's uh, nose and senses. Well, let's talk beer for a moment. Ian, you uh, cracked open this community ale. Community is out of Dallas. And they are a pretty well-respected uh, brewery had in, some in the Dallas beers, area. Believe, We've yeah. had some community beers, and they've been pretty good. This is an English-style ale. This is it's called Public Ale. English-style Public Ale, or
1: Pub Ale, as it pub would be ale. called. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's inspired by British public houses, or pubs. This beer was brewed to bring people together. It showcases the highest quality, all English ingredients, resulting in an authentic, traditional, and highly drinkable ale. Whether watching the game with your mates or relaxing at home with family, grab a public ale. This is delish, this delicious English style ale is a go to brew no matter what side of the pond you're from. Cheers. That's Cheers. what it says here right. on this. And this is, uh, I want you to tell me what you think. Uh, what, this is, uh, let's see, 5.5% English style pub I,
2: ale. I don't get a lot on the nose. 38 um, IBUs. I didn't get a ton on the nose either when I put it up there earlier. By the way. Joining us, one of my best friends in the world, Mr. Pat Fant. Pat, uh, we'll welcome. Oh, yeah, hand side. that back over we, to you, so he we can. don't
1: need that in the big camera. Yeah, so. um,
2: Pat is uh, uh, joining us here, and I invited Pat to come on the show. Well, because he's my friend, but also because yes. he's a pipe guy. So uh, I thought he would have a good time uh, smoking pipes with us, and uh, you know, offering some of his. Unique insight to uh, anything that we might His be His insight with, is so. always unique. Yes, it is, and always, there always is a lot of fun. There is the English-style
1: pub ale. Yes, you like you'd like yourself. to try some of that.
2: I didn't get uh, much of anything on the nose on
1: this. No, yet. there's not a lot yeah. going on on the nose. It is, however, a little bit more viscous or thicker than I thought it was going to be, just in appearance. Yep. And, and not, not hugely carbonated. I Ooh, haven't I'll tried have it yet. i more of this. Now,
2: this is interesting because one of the things, and Pat and I talk about this all the time, uh, is that, you know, he doesn't care for IBAs, not a big fan of darker beers. Oh, this is delicious. But he loves a good, flavorful, yeah. uh, lighter beer. Uh, Fireman's Four is one of his favorites. Yeah, yeah. He likes Stella Artois. He's, uh, so he's a fan of beer with flavor, but on the lighter side. So I was really curious as to what he would think of this uh, community. This uh, is This is ale.
1: almost an ESB. This has that kind of bitter uh, pub ale thing going on. This is delicious beer, and it's Yum. very, very lightly carbonated. Yes, it's it is. Not it a doesn't lot of carbonation have you
2: know. And a lot of times in these lighter styles, you get a, an abundance of carbonation. The fact that this is carbonated as lightly as it is really kind of works for this beer. I think it it lets that the flavor of the hops and the bitterness kind of come through, but there's enough maltiness that it doesn't become like a hop bomb. you know it's it's this this is really good no and Uh, it's got that bitter finish like can you imagine sitting there eating
1: uh eating peanuts like like imagine sitting there with a bowl of peanuts just (laughs) cracking them and yeah like that's that's what this brings to mind and uh and it's a beautiful looking beer as well like the can is pretty awesome looking it's got a very english traditional kind of designs going on there that's pretty nice
2: yeah it's really good it's really good this is this is something I would buy and keep in the refrigerator. Yeah, it's it's
1: absolutely it's a, fantastic beer.
2: Um, all right, so this um, is. Uh,
1: I wanted oh. to give a quick shout out. I got a message on here earlier from uh, our friend Mark Nichols, and um, loved me some much. You know, he has quality draft. Where he he's the guy that comes in and cleans your draft lines all the time. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. He uh, he uh, uh, logged on to the show and is watching and said, "Hey, Shady Acres is the bar we're in." Every month their their lines are cleaned thoroughly by quality draft.
2: Well, it's interesting that you say that because when we got here, um, the owner of the bar had said, you know, help yourself to, you know, something if you want a, a beer, you know, just write it down. So I went and I saw the tap for the 512 IPA. I was like, oh, good. So when I pulled the little uh, stopper out, and poured my first beer. My first thought was, oh, man. It's the first first one. beer of the day. This is not going to be very good. No, it was perfect. Yeah, yeah. It was perfect. So, Mark, your stuff works, is what I'm saying. <laughs> those uh, those draft lines were, uh, were clean and amazing. Ian, um, it's time to try. I, I just looked through. You gave me the uh, option of looking through and seeing what we wanted to try next. And this is a very interesting-looking can, which has not been opened yet. This is from the um McClelland, a tobacco company mm-hmm. yes, it's yes. Aurora it says a smooth balanced refined mastered virginia ribbon pipe tobacco mm-hmm. so what should we expect from this based when on that it says
1: ribbon it's going to look a lot like uh like cigarette tobacco right it's going to be ribbon cut so it's going to be long strands right right and uh as far as virginia goes it's going to have a little bit of that um I hesitate to use the cigarette uh um, taste to it, but it's going to have that fresh,
2: that sort of fresh tobacco taste,
1: almost like cigarette tobacco taste, uh, but not cigarette tobacco.
2: Okay, it's All going right. to have a little
1: more flavor and a little bit more robustness, depending on what they blended it with. And I don't know anything about this particular
2: one. Well, this will be interesting to try. Now, you want to hold the mic while I? Uh, I will. Uh, I'll hold the mic.
1: Here we go. Trade hands. Here we go. <laughs> you know.
0: You guys find the most creative places to do this it was show. Great, I love this. And the camera sees one angle,
1: but everywhere you look, it's the same. Well, when we set up, so he has a huge back patio, oh. a great area out there, a whole yard and everything. And then there's a little house back there that he uses as Mike Bell owns this place. He uses this as an office. And um, we actually were talking about and the front porch of the office back there is the stage for bands to play we talked oh. about doing it there and that's initially what i thought but when i walked in and he said hey we're not even open yet so you can do whatever you want i looked back here in this corner and said this is what we need on the camera because it, it looks is. great great <laughs> it's
2: so fun
0: well um is there anything in here not made of wood
2: <laughs> i'm not i don't think I, there is I maybe the anything- light bulbs that yeah. may be, like, the only thing not made of wood. Uh, Ian, what are you getting on the nose there from this aurora? On the nose from this, everything I described earlier. Oh, and here's that ribbon cut so you All see right, this. so show what that looks like. And I showed the can to the camera, but you, you can see, see yeah it's
1: hanging down. I don't know if you can right. see it that far, but it's hanging down like this. It's long strips.
2: So That's you're going to roll that cut. a little bit.
1: No, you just take it and put it you're however you want. You it and put it in, Your, it in the yeah, pipe. Okay. It, Put it in your pipe and smoke it, buddy. All right. I've heard that, I've heard that <laughs> expression before. Take that right, and put it in your so pipe and smoke I'm it. I'm going to
2: load my pipe. What can you tell us about the pipe that Pat's smoking that? That's a blowfish. It's a blowfish? Did you know that pipe was a blowfish, Pat?
1: That's what they I call that God. shape. <laughs> is it a
2: briar?
1: It is made out of briar. Most pipes are made out of uh, briar wood. Briar has, is a very dense wood and stands up to being burned a lot. <laughs> I, you know, I can see that. Yeah, that, that pipe shape is uh, a blow. A there's, there's... An anteater. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hand eater. Yeah, well, there's it that. It's
2: an hand eater. <laughs> <Da-dun, da-dun. laughs> I don't know why that makes me think of that. No, because the, the, art, the, the Aardvark cartoon, see, you just triggered a memory for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. of our That was from the Pink Panther It was on the Pink right, Panther show. Right. And remember, the Aardvark, he talked like he, this. Hey, Ant, what are you doing? It was like a Jewish Aardvark. It was a, that was, it was a, a great character. Yeah, it was a great character, and that was a great cartoon. I think he was. A rabbi. I think he was the, he, the rabbi artmark. That's awesome. So all right, so I've loaded this one up with the Aurora. I'm gonna light this. Maybe you can uh, tell us a little bit about uh what so, to expect here. While uh, I'm right. I
1: I would guess, and I haven't tried this one. This is one I think that uh, my brother Patrick uh, sent me this. And this is one that um that I would expect is going to have some really really nice fresh tobacco notes in it. It's going to have, um, uh, as far as strength goes, this is probably going to be on the medium side. Uh, very traditional tobacco kind of flavors, not sweet. You're not going to get any real sweetness out of this. Um, so you're going to get more leather and wood and uh, probably uh, probably like oaky kind of flavors, maybe cedary flavors.
2: Boy, my fricoso. first. Uh
1: puff on this is
2: wonderful. The smell on
1: that's really nice.
2: <laughs> well, this is, you know, and, and and again, I I gravitate probably not towards the sweeter uh stuff. So this this really works for this me. This smells
1: a little bit like the tobacco curing on its own. There's a little tea leaf mm-hmm. kind of Yeah, I like tea that. tea leaf kind of smell mm-hmm. going on there too. I don't know if you've smelled that right there. Oh. Like That's, that's what that's kind of what I get. It's very yeah, and, and there's a little there's a little tangy note of something in there too that i'm not quite uh that i'm not quite it's almost a and this may sound weird but almost a worcestershire sauce kind of smell
2: it's it's a yeah uh, on on the on nose the just tobacco the tobacco itself, like right. i
1: don't get that when i'm smoking but Go ahead Bet. <laughs> now these these tobaccos are not flavored; they get their flavor from the tobacco or the way the tobaccos are treated. Mm-hmm. There are some pipe tobaccos, uh, much like there you know any other tobaccos, but there are some pipe tobaccos which are treated with flavor, sometimes it's sprayed or sometimes it's mixed in or sometimes infused. But uh, I don't think I have any of those with me uh, here today. This one is pretty much straightforward. What do you think of it, smoking it?
2: Well, I like it a lot. It's very different from the dark twist, which yes, was the first different. thing that I smoked. It's a more, I want to say, traditional tobacco sort of uh, flavor. But uh-huh. but I enjoy it. It's it's um, it's what you would want a sort of a straightforward tobacco um, pipe tobacco just to right. to smoke like it's it's. I think it's very good. Yeah, and, and again, for me, it works because I don't, uh, <clears throat> I don't gravitate as much towards the sweeter stuff, and this doesn't uh, doesn't really go there. It's, right, it's so very if, aromatic. If
1: you're not into a very sweet tobacco, anything that that is a, a Virginia blend is going to be not really on the sweet side. And I, I tried to bring a. Um, a, a, a few different things going on. I'm, I think in the next segment we'll maybe open up this Lane uh, limited anniversary that I have. 125 anniversary. Um, and I, I don't even know what style of tobacco it is. It doesn't say anything. Hmm. Oh, wait, it does. Equal amounts of Virginia and bright Virginia tobaccos blended with Virginia flake and hints of perique. So this is going to have a little spice to it. Wow. So this will have... That sounds good. <laughs> this will have a little sweeter than what you're smoking there with a little spice going on, too. And then I brought this Chelsea Morning. And this stuff, you just have to, I think you're going to really enjoy this. This has some Oriental tobaccos in it and a lot of Kia tobaccos, which are just a different flavor. And a pinch of Perique, which is the real peppery, you um, know, strong You know, pipe tobacco.
2: tobacco seems to have more in common with tea in terms of... Um, the the flavor orientation the way if you ever go into a place like Tivana yeah uh, where they open up the tins and let you smell the the tea in its raw form uh, it's a, it's kind of a similar experience well, to uh, uh, to smelling these tobaccos well here's a thought to consider too tea leaves are also leaves just like tobacco
1: leaves mm-hmm. so there's a little crossover in the way those two things smell right. because there's some of the treatments in getting it from uh getting it from a uh, uh you pick a leaf to a final product are kind of similar.
2: Right, right.
1: You know, so and uh you, you remember when we went to um you remember when we went to uh the uh Aladino farm. Yes. And we walked In into one of the uh drying uh Yes. One of the drying barns. Oh
2: and it was very te- the and it the was the very, tea, very leaf. tea leaf, yes. Very very, much very so. tea
1: leaf, yeah. That I mean it's pretty amazing how it gets and this particular tobacco just smells like tea leaf with with Worcestershire sauce, oddly enough. Mm. <laughs> that's, that's what I get. And it, it smells good. It smells really nice. I
2: so. will just point out, though, you don't get that Worcestershire sauce on on the smoke when when you inhale it. Like no. it or not inhale it. And it, it doesn't when you, come through on the note in. of that, yeah. either. No, it doesn't. And Pat, it,
1: what are you smoking? What you're smoking sound? It smells very sweet.
0: I am smoking accountant. Oh, that's what oh, I Oh, we I talked about yes. that earlier smoking in the...
2: Yes. Earlier in the show, an accountant you said is a sweeter blend. Is that right? Oh, did
1: you did you go right out of the bag I here? Did. Yeah, yeah, that's one of my favorites. When you weren't so, looking. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. That's why Just I brought it. What do little... you usually smoke? Well, I'm not
0: particular because I forget to go shopping often enough uh-huh. to get the tobacco that I really like. And I would say I usually look for a lady's favorite. Kind of a blend, yeah. yeah. Something where that,
2: people love the room note on yeah. it, and it, that's uh, right.
0: Yeah. It's, you're probably, definitely it's probably in the accountant. It's probably like a little a, sweet, mm-hmm. but not overly sweet, but just enough to, um, you know, make those around you more, more comfortable and <laughs> and happy. And they go, oh, that's great. What is that?
2: People do seem to like. Like we said earlier, people do seem to enjoy. Pipe smoke, even, yes, if not, yes. even if they're not, even if they're not smokers. Do. There's something yes, There's, about there's it a
1: little forgiveness to the, to the pipe them, smokers. Reminds
2: them of a grandpa or an uncle or that's or right. something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I tell you what we're gonna do. While you pack that in and uh, and get ready to smoke, let's take a quick break. I'm having uh, like some internet issues that I'll try to resolve in the break here, because uh, I want to pass some of these stories along to you, and then we'll come back. We'll try some more tobacco and our next beer, which has, as far as we know, the longest beer name ever created. Uh, it's an IPA, uh, and we'll be trying that next. It's smoking and Toastin', and we are live at Shady Acre Saloon in the Heights, and this place is wonderful. I can't wait to just come hang out at the bar here and see what kind of conversation I can strike up. With the person who might be sitting next to me, yeah, I've, you know? I've hung
1: out here a number of times. I like this place. I like the vibe, and you know, most of the time, I've, sit, I've sat in here and had fun. Uh, but I like sitting outside. That they got these great tables and uh, this great area outside, so I'll go outside and smoke a uh, uh, smoke a cigar a lot of times while I'm out there.
2: I love just the pointing that you, the vague pointing that you're doing with that pipe because the stem is so long. Don't on try it. this at home, like yes.
1: especially when you're using this is a this is a churchwarden stem. Right. Yeah, that's what they call that. The Pinocchio, and it is <laughs> the church warden is also often considered one of the most um, uh, uh, pretentious of all uh, pipe looks. So I've alt, I've uh, I've tamped down the uh, pretension a little bit by using it with a Missouri Meerschaum. You have you so sure it's a have. it's a church warden, but it's also a corn
2: cob pipe, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that is funny to me. So. But still, I, I, I like the sort of pretense that it gives you when you point with it.
1: It does. It, it has. might. So, like, if you're just starting a pipe, you might not want to start with a church warden because this takes a particular skill to be able to point and talk with a church warden. Right. You know, you might poke somebody's eye. You'll poke her eye out, kid. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll
2: we'll uh, we'll try not to lose any, uh, uh, any organs here while we uh, take a quick break, and we'll be right back at Smoking and Toast in 171. Welcome back. It's smoking and Toastin'. We are live at the Shady Acres Saloon in the Heights in Houston. Look at these guys lighting their pipes. I love that. As soon as the segment started, just boom, boom, boom. Uh, We are brought to you by our good friends at B&B Butchers and Restaurant, 1814 Washington Ave in Houston, and the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Of course, they also have B.B. Lemon, which is on Washington Ave. Mm -hmm. You look so contemplative, Ian.
1: You know, it's something about holding a church warden. Yeah, It gives you a certain sense of... Contemplativeness?
2: You, you I can actually off, invent
1: words when I have this.
2: You're very professorial. There's a word for you. You
1: could
2: mutter. You, yeah, you uh, could I mutter. Don't, don't, don't <laughs> butter the... Yeah, uh, that, uh, that absolutely works. Uh, BB uh, Butchers and Restaurant has um, uh, the the bar at B&B. Can, you know, the way that bar is curated cannot be understated. Our buddy Jeremiah does the most amazing job... You walk in there, you're not only going to find your favorites, whatever it is, you want whiskey, rum, tequila, you're going to find something that you look and go, I've been wanting to try oh, that. yeah. And that, to me, is what makes a bar absolutely awesome and uh, and special. And they've got a bit of that vibe here as well. We're going to go grab some whiskey off the shelf and, uh, and try that in a couple of uh, moments here. But first, Ian, you're getting your first good smoke of this Aurora, so I thought maybe you could tell me what you thought.
1: So it's a lot of things that I told you that you can expect so i was i was i was on about most of it now i suspected there was going to be the oak flavors it's actually very cedar Mm -hmm. um like on the back of my tongue it's very cedar and i kind of like that cedar dryness it also there's a dried fruit kind of in the back of the flavor on this that's not sweet but it's definitely present on there um i'm I'm tasting i like this tobacco this is a Mm -hmm. nice tobacco and it's an interesting room note because this. I don't smoke a lot of tobacco. I like a lot of the aromatic tobaccos, so I don't smoke a lot of the Virginia blends and um, English blends quite as much. Uh, but this is this is a very nice blend. I will actually enjoy this. I
2: like this very much. It's, uh, now, it's, how do you
1: like it compared to the uh, the dark twist that we tried?
2: very different. I don't know. It's almost a draw for me. Between I'm interested
1: the two. because I'm trying to figure out what's a little more you as
2: far as tobacco well. Goes. They both are in, but in very different ways. This is because it 's a more traditional tobacco flavor, not any sweetness to it at all. The Dark Twist had some sweetness, yeah. but I love some of the other flavors that it had yeah. that it had in there that made it so interesting so yeah they 're both kind of me to be honest i I, w- I would put them I would rank them about the same in terms of my particular uh, taste so uh, Tenth and Blake beer Company is the u s craft beer division or what we like to call macro craft of uh, Molson Coors Beverage Company. Uh, They have not made an acquisition since uh, 2016, about the middle of that year. They went on a little buying spree, and they acquired Terrapin Brewing out of Georgia, Mm -hmm. Revolver Brewing out of the Dallas, Texas area, and Hop Valley Brewing out of Oregon in a span of like three weeks. They got all all three of those. And then they went a little quiet. Now they have acquired the largest craft brewer in Detroit, Atwater Brewery. We've had some Atwater Brews. On the show, Atwater will now become Macrocraft, owned by Molson Coors. Your thoughts.
1: Um, you know, they changed. Uh, one of my favorite beers for a while was that Revolver Blood and Honey.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And Blood and Honey has changed. It's not the same. It um, doesn't quite taste the same. And I didn't know that they had been acquired. All I knew was all of a sudden I could find it here in Houston. And I was super excited about that. I bought it. It's
2: definitely easier to find now.
1: Yes. And when it was immediately available, it tasted like exactly like I wanted it. And then a few months later, it's different. And I don't like it as much. And I don't go buy it as much. Then I found out the Constellation bought it. Not Constellation. It was, uh, sorry, Kent, Molson. to
2: Blake, Molson course
1: yeah. uh, Molson bought it. And I assume that there were some differences, some changes in, in maybe ingredients or something.
2: Well, we know something. that the Big and Bright from Carbach, which yeah. is an IPA that I really enjoy that's very grapefruiting, uh, we know that the amount of grapefruit has been lessened since uh, those guys were acquired by um, yes. uh, by AB. So we know that there is some... I want to call it tampering, but I guess it's not tampering if you own it, right? right. You can you can mess with it if you own it, uh, but but again, I don't buy big and, big and bright as much now. I just I go ahead and go yeah, for it. the art car, you know. Now from, I'm also uh, from uh, Saint Arnold.
1: I'm also a person that thinks you know change is not necessarily bad, but if I'm buying it because I like it a specific way, then when you change it, I might not like it the same way. It might be just as good and different, but it's not the reason I'm buying it. So I don't know. So my thoughts are i i hope they don't change the beer like they had that um well i can't think of the name of it but they had a stout that was like a chocolate stout that was just outrageously good the atwater dinner? yeah yeah yes. they had a chocolate stout that was just outrageously good we had it on the show i think probably about a year ago um and a few other beers that i've uh, uh that i've tried i don't I, i'll have to call my i've got a a couple cousins that live up there. I have to see how they feel about it.
2: Well, yeah, it'd be interesting to know. I was going to say, if there's anybody from Detroit that wants to comment in the show uh, uh, notes, if you're watching on Facebook, it'd be interesting to see how how you guys felt about Atwater. I know that when here in Houston, when Carbot got bought, uh, we were all a little you know bummed to see that they'd you know gotten purchased, but yes. understand that you know hey, let's it's a business, we get it. Uh, but I would say to you, Ian, that if we were to wake up one morning and take a look at the beer news and discover that St. Arnold had sold. And by the way, there's no rumors to that effect and nor am I trying to start one. But if we if if that happened to us as beer lovers here in Houston, I'd be terrified. I think we'd be devastated, wouldn't we? Terrified. So I'm wondering if that's the feeling in Detroit right now among craft beer fans if they're feeling that yeah, we might have lost something important. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. again, it's hard to tell. Then again, Molson Coors could come in and change nothing, and the beer could remain just as good as it's always been. Possible, it could happen. It's hard. But to now tell. they
1: join the ranks of macro craft,
2: macro craft, and there's more and more of it all the time. And I'm telling you, this trend is going to continue. You're going to see more and more of this, as particularly the I think the larger craft brewers get into that position where they struggle a little bit because there's so many of the little guys popping up, doing, you know, doing the tap rooms and doing the, uh, the breweries and, and just listen, every think about it this way, every new beer you buy from one of those tap room, um, places or from an up and coming tap room, uh, place that's getting its beer into the, Mm -hmm. uh, the, uh, liquor stores, the grocery stores, every one of those you buy is another one you don't buy from, you know, Sam Adams or from, uh, uh, St. Arnold or, or whomever. So those guys have got to really be on their toes to keep everybody interested and keep the, uh, keep the sales rolling. So you can see why a lot of them might find it very inviting to take some, uh, some big beer money and, and move on and do the next thing. You know, the truth is, uh,
1: I, I don't, I'm not hating on any companies for selling, their, you know, selling to a bigger company. I mean, that's, that's the American dream. Uh, it It's what it is. I would rather support uh, the mom-and-pop operations. I just kind of like that. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel like I'm doing something community-wise. Um, and even though I know, for instance, Carbach is in the community here, every time I buy a Carbach, I feel like I'm putting more money in AB Invev's pocket.
2: You're putting money in
1: St. Louis. And that's not going into Houston.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so at the same time... And one of the big trends in craft beer right now... Is people supporting their local area, their local uh, tap rooms, their local breweries? Right, that's right. become a more and more important thing as craft beer has grown and diversified. So,
1: absolutely. Mm, so, well, so you know, uh, I I just I really try. If you, if you look on a beer, if you look on a craft beer and you see that independent label, that's the upside down beer bottle that says independent mm-hmm. craft. That's an important thing to me. And it doesn't mean that I won't drink other beers. I'm not so snooty that, you know, those beers don't exist. I, okay, I am snooty <laughs> to where some of those beers don't exist. I have been known that if you have Miller Lite in the fridge, I may not actually just drink a beer. I may have a water. Yeah, well, you know? <laughs> but, but I've seen you with a Love Street. I've seen you with, yeah, you know,
2: you know
1: I, what I mean? Like... Yeah, I really try not to be, you know, so snooty. I mean, Love Street's still a decent beer. Mm-hmm. Like, they may be macro brew, but they still taste pretty good, you know. Yep. And it's better than most of the other selections, flavor-wise, that most places that serve Love Street have. Right. You know, because you get Love Street at festivals. You can get Love Street at places like that. So I'd rather drink Love Street than drink, you know, a big fizzy Budweiser. But Sure.
2: You know. All right. Speaking of drinking beer, we're now going to try an IPA that has what I believe to be the longest name of any beer in existence. This beer from Brooklyn's Evil Twin Brewing Company, which those guys are great, by
1: the way. I just want you to imagine when he says the name of this. I want you to to, to just imagine, hey, bartender, you're going up to a busy bar, and they're like, hey, what do you need?
2: Bartender, I would like a... I can't help but feel a specific anger... Of waiting in line to swipe at the subway turnstile behind someone who does not know how to swipe. <laughs> that is the name of the beer. That, and by the way, it's a hell of a name. Having lived up in uh, you know the Northeast and uh, been on the subway plenty of times, I can understand the feeling behind the name of this beer. I've just never heard of any beer with a name that long. So <laughs> Evil Twin. Let me is,
1: see that. <laughs> That's the name of the beer. That's the name of the beer? That's the name of the beer. Yes, it's ridiculous.
0: Oh, that's great ridiculous. <laughs>
1: yeah, Evil, Evil Twin, is uh, that's a it's a company with an interesting sense of humor, apparently. Because mm-hmm. like I said, uh, we mentioned it. They had a they had a Christmas beer that had an insanely long name. I can't remember what it was. I'm sure Brian will be looking it up here soon. Yeah. But
2: let me set this down. You talk for a while. All I'm going pour right. beer. <laughs> All right. Well, Ian's pouring uh, this beer. I will uh, mention that I'm really enjoying this Aurora, the uh, pipe tobacco that is the second one that I've tried. And, Ian, you mentioned that next we should go to uh, which one? Uh, Well, I want to try the Lane uh, Limited
1: uh, uh, 125th Anniversary tin that I have there.
2: And what's the sort of vibe and the thing we should expect from the Lane? You should expect
1: exactly. I have no idea. Oh, okay. Well, that's perfect. I, I like that. it's it's on the back, but I didn't I didn't read it. It says, uh, uh, let's see, equal amounts of quality Virginia and bright Virginia tobaccos are blended with Virginia Flake and hints So it's going to be similar to what we had in some ways, but it'll be a little spicier and a little sweeter. All right,
2: well, I'll be looking forward to trying that. Meanwhile, we're pouring the IPA. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how this goes. And this is a double dry hopped. Double IPA, yeah, so, so I would expect it to be very hot.
1: Down at the end of the table for Mr. Producer right.
2: there. Wow, I'm um, getting lots of citrus on the nose on yeah, this oh, thing. Yeah, Mr. Absolutely. Producer. Yeah, this Mr. is producer. Uh, uh, Adam, our producer on the Wheels of Steel, brings the mobile kit out and makes sure we're uh, we're rocking here when we're uh, on location. Some beverage um, for the I, land. I love this on the nose. This, this is smelling like my kind of IPA.
1: I can see this... Uh
2: you remember the one I didn't like last week? Yes, I do. <laughs> yes. We went round and round, actually, about that beer.
1: <laughs> we did go round and round. I didn't like it. Yeah. This, yeah. this smells a little bit like that, I've got to tell you.
2: Well, I think you're going to find that you like this one better because the citrus cuts the hops on the finish uh, quite, quite intensely. This is definitely more interesting. This, now, yeah.
1: this this is not your average crazy IPA this is sweet there's a it's, lot of sweetness it in it is
2: almost like um an orange marmalade uh or a uh, it's not just orange on the citrus flavor there's orange there's grapefruit there's i, I feel like even like some blood orange it finishes with
1: in. with no um no uh resiny bitter at all it finishes with actually like a like like a like a. Like a fruit zest bitter, mm-hmm. kind of like like that. It it's so fruity. like the orange peel or the mango peel, and it's so fruity in the middle. This is I, I almost wouldn't even nail this as an IPA. It smells like an IPA. Yeah,
2: you almost expect this to have pulp. It's so citrusy. You know what I mean? It's so citrusy. This is substantially more
1: interesting than the one last week. Mm. Last week I thought was a run of a mill, just another. Uh, This week, this
2: is a much more interesting, it's not as predictable by any means. Well, I loved last week's IPA, but I will say that I like this one better. And last week's IPA was more of what I felt like was a traditional hoppy IPA Mm -hmm. flavor, whereas this is one of the most juicy and citrusy IPAs that we've tried on the show in a long time. This is
1: just a very fruity IPA. It's Mm -hmm. more fruity than IPA, if that makes sense.
2: It's It's almost even fruitier than... Uh, you remember when we tried the um, uh, the parish brewing the the uh, citrus the fruited ale, the fruited citrus ale yeah, that yeah. they had? It reminds me a bit of that, but it may be even more uh, fruity in the long haul. So you know,
0: when you told me to expect an IPA, this is not not, not what you expect, not what I was expecting. Yes. It's not
2: super hoppy. I uh, was
0: thinking, oh, I won't like it because you're not an IPA guy. Yes, not mm-hmm. an IPA yeah. guy. And then I'm starting on this and. The citrus is
2: very helpful. Yeah. (laughs) Well, what it does is it winds up cutting that hop sort of bitterness on the finish, so it doesn't leave you with that sort of uh, bitter hop taste uh, remaining after you drink. Ian, you've opened up a new can of... I have. uh, I
1: opened up the uh, the one we were just talking about. You might
2: want to do the name again,
1: (laughs) just so they... It just go, go you ahead and read that off to us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Uh, That's a yeah it is very small print, you which have it kind of has glasses to be in order to, to read. Fit the whole thing. I can't help but feel a specific a specific anger of waiting in line to uh to swipe at the subway turnstile behind someone who does not know how to swipe. Is the name of this beer. Is the name of the beer. Mm-hmm. Is, the name, yes, the, is beer. the name of the beer. This is a very and and percent beer too. hmm It's interesting. It uh
2: well, it's a double. So it's going to have
1: a brewed solid. with milk sugar. There's that sweetness that we're getting. Mm-hmm.
2: Interesting. Okay, yeah, well, this
1: is an interesting IPA. I, I
2: will tell you, the guys at Evil Twin have got their act together. They yeah. they really know what they're doing there.
1: That's
2: now, Evil Twin. Smell mm-hmm. smell this tobacco.
1: Remember, I was trying to describe the 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 smell of a Virginia tobacco. Ooh, this very smells interesting. Yes. So that's Virginia. Virginia. Yeah.
2: Meet Virginia.
1: Oh. Yeah. It's a very a specific price. smell, and you'll know it when you smell it, but but it's what it, this to me is what when someone says it smells like tobacco, mm-hmm. this to me is the thought that I have. You know, this is, this is what I associate that with. I'm going to go ahead and try this in my plate.
2: All right, I'll tell you what. While you're loading that up, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll do segment number four. We're going to grab some whiskey off the shelf and, uh, and try. Did you mention there was a, a special bottle of Jameson's up there?
1: I, you know I what? You I did. saw a Jameson's, the black, and I saw a caskmate.
2: Oh, I think it's the caskmate I was cask thinking caskmate, I think he has a There's also cask a baker's mate. up there that might be worth tasting. Stuff. Okay, well, right, I'll, so, I'll, pi- I'll so, choose something for next. Why don't you grab something for the next segment, and then come back, pack your pipe, we'll try some more tobacco, and the Pipe Show 2020 rolls on. I'll be back. With uh, Pat Fant, our guest, and we'll be right back live from... The uh, Shady Acres Saloon in the Heights in Houston. What a fun place to be. We'll be right back at Smoking and Toasting. Right Welcome back. We are live on Smoking and Toasting from the Shady Acres Saloon in the Heights in Houston. Uh, this is show number 171. It is our Pipe Show 2020. Uh, Ian has brought his collection of pipes. Right now he's a portion uh, of my collection. A portion of your collection, yes. How many pipes do you have? Do you know the number? <laughs> it's not as many it's it's not
1: as many as my brother has, but um it's uh now is
2: he more of a pipe aficionado than yes. you? Yes. Really? Yeah, he
1: uh my, my older brother uh smokes pipes just about daily. Mm. Um I smoke pipes more in the winter for some reason. It just seems like a winter thing. It does tonight. seem like
2: a winter thing. I, I start thinking about a pipe instead of a cigar, more when it's cold outside. Yes. Than, than I do. And, uh, and I will the tell summer.
1: you, I will tell you this: if I feel like having a pipe, and it's really nasty outside and and uh, terrible, I can get away with smoking a nice aromatic inside the house once in a long while.
2: Yes, yes, I understand. It's it's just a little different than smoking a cigar mm-hmm. inside the house for sure. Um, Ian, this uh, is the Virginia tobacco you were mentioning. What mm-hmm. is this called again?
1: This is the Lane. Lane is a tobacco company, so this is Lane Limited uh, 125 Anniversary Pipe Tobacco.
2: Now, I packed this one a little looser. Mm-hmm. It's smoking a little hotter than the last couple that I had. And this is but a little bit stronger it's, than the it's last it's one, a little. I was going to say, it's coming off a little bit stronger mm-hmm. than the others, but that could have to do with the tobacco as well.
1: That is. This is definitely a stronger, uh, in, in, in fullness, a stronger blend. Uh, than the than the previous one. I if I was to immediately knee jerk pick between this one and the one we had a minute ago, I think I like the other one better. This one's a little drier, um, and this is just this to me tastes almost like straight pipe tobacco. And then that little tingle you're getting in the very back, mm-hmm. that little slight spicy tingle, that's the perique that they mixed in there.
2: So I like this, and it reminds me more of a cigar type flavor yeah. than the others. But I, I think I'll agree with you that I would lean a little more towards the Aurora or yeah. the Dark Twist just for the interestingness of the flavor. Yeah. And don't get me know? wrong, not disappointed with this tobacco. Mm. It's,
1: it's exactly what it says it is, and it's a good tobacco. But I think my palate, this is really, really woody as well. It's, it's yes, almost it astringently woody. Um, I would also, I think, probably want to smoke this a, just
2: a hair more humidity in there. So let me ask you, you've got this beautiful Meerschaum pipe, not the Missouri Meerschaum, but the uh, the one that looks really expensive. I don't know mm-hmm. how expensive it actually is. When do you decide, yeah, that's the one I'm going to smoke? What what makes that the choice? Um. So that's
1: a nice smoking pipe. What I generally do, though, uh, will you hand me that pipe that's on the end, the white one? Oh, What I generally do with this pipe, Meerschaum pipes gain a patina over time, and as you can see right around the top edge of this, it's starting to gain some of that. Over time, this whole pipe will darken to that golden kind of color, Mm -hmm. and it happens just after smoking it and smoking it. I generally, uh, to try and push that forward a little bit, generally will smoke heavy aromatics in this, something that's things that are very sweet like my accountant tobacco Mm -hmm. um the best brown flake over there is also a good one like that um because i really really want to get most of that discoloration as possible when this pipe was brand new it was it was bright white and you can see it's starting to get some of that patina now it's just going to take a while to uh to get there but when you see a beautiful old meerschaum and you see that it's got the uh the aged look and it just looks amazing um uh, then, that's you know that's uh, that's the end goal of a Meerschaum pipe is to get that is patina to get it, it to get, and get and that patina good. on
2: the whole thing. And the huh? only way
1: to do it is to smoke it, you know, you know. If you buy a pipe like that, you're kind of cheating. So <laughs> you got to just smoke the pipe. I'll actually smoke this one next, I think.
2: All right, now uh, tell me again. This is the lane, right? That we're smoking. This is the lane. Yes. I just wanted to mention that if you're a cigar smoker who is looking to get into pipes. This might be a great place to start yeah. because what this is creating for me is that same sort of tingle on the tongue Mm -hmm. in the back of the palate that I get when I smoke like a medium to full uh, like Nicaraguan cigar. And you don't get that in a lot of pipe tobaccos. No, that's
1: Um, well, anytime you anytime you see a tobacco that says Perique, okay, and this has a touch of Perique, that's that spice. Um, So if you get one that's a very heavy Perique blend, it could be too much of that. Mm-hmm. Like to a very, I can see that. Very quickly too much of that to my This power. is
2: definitely the strongest, and maybe it's the Perique, but it, it comes across as the strongest yeah. pipe tobacco that I've that yeah. I've tried.
1: Now, one of the other things that happens, too, is, guys, if you have a tobacco that you buy a tin of or a bag of, you know, like this is that's
2: this your is two ounces bag.
1: of accountant right here, minus a few bowls, and you think to yourself, you know what? I kind of like a little bit
2: of this and a little bit of this blend them. Oh, come up with your own blend. They're
1: just tobacco, blend well, them. Well, it's mix easier
2: them. to mix your own pipe to blend your own pipe tobacco than it is your own cigars, right? Right,
1: blend them. Have some fun with it. If you if you buy a tobacco that for instance doesn't have a lot of flavor, put it in something that has flavor. You'll make your tobacco go a lot longer. You might end up with a blend that you absolutely love. Mm-hmm. Um uh and um like a lot of times my brother uh my older brother smokes pipes much more often than I do. Smokes a lot of Carter Hall, and you can buy. Now, that's a very Hall,
2: traditional uh, pipe tobacco, but right? Very aromatic. Okay.
1: Well, mostly aromatic, but uh he smokes a lot of Carter Hall, and you can buy that at your local grocery store. Mm-hmm. Buy a big tub of it, and it's great tobacco. Like, right? there's a reason that stuff sells. There's a reason that Borkum and Half and Half and all that sells. It's good tobacco. Just because you buy it at a grocery store doesn't, doesn't make it doesn't make it a bad blend. You right. know. Uh, Captain Black
2: Whereas if you're buying It's great tobacco c- If you're buying cigars At the uh, local That's uh, vastly different Yeah, yeah, vastly different vastly Although
1: different. I do like the trend I've been, I've seen a few of the higher end grocery stores Have a humidor with, with actual oh. nice cigars in them
2: I think you're going to see more and more That grocery stores are really trying to find their place In the era of grocery delivery And if you think about it One of the reasons to go to a grocery store Is to maybe pick out you know, whether it's your meat and your vegetables, or maybe it's the tobacco that you're going to have, it's it, that can be a big deal. Uh, Ian, I see you've already begun doing research on the whiskey, so why don't you tell me what you? Let me finding. tell you about this whiskey. I was over
1: to friend's house last night, and we were drinking this whiskey. Oh. <laughs> so, so you did. I'm you did. You one.
2: did uh, research in advance. Jameson
1: makes uh, a few of their uh, cast. They call it cask mates, um, and it's their Jameson uh, put into. Uh, Casks that it, uh, that beer has rested in,
2: right? Um, Similar to their... uh, what uh, uh, Glenfiddich has with their IPA casks. Yes, yes, yes. So
1: they, so Glenfiddich has an IPA cask mate, and they have a stout cask mate, and those are the only two that I'm aware of. There might be more out there, but there are definitely these two, and uh, and I think both of them are very good, and bang for the buck. I think they're both like under thirty dollars. Uh, this is a good whiskey for the price point. I, I like Jameson anyway. I have no problems with Jameson. Uh, I, I think Jameson suffers a little bit from the ubiquitousness of itself, right. um, and the fact that a lot of people think, "Oh, well, you can get Jameson everywhere. It's ah, it's okay." Or uh, Jameson's not good. You got to have something else that's not as known. Uh, but I think Jameson is a fine whiskey.
2: This it's, is delicious. It's
1: fine by itself. It's fine with a little bit of ice, and it's at a price point where you can mix it if you want to. Whatever mm-hmm.
2: you know. And so, tell me about the specialness then of this this cask made series. It's it's been aged in beer casks. I think they just finished the Jameson in the beer
1: cask of whatever um, series they have. So like this is the Stout series. So this was aged in stout uh, barrels that had, right. that had previously had previously uh, had. It's got a, stout a great vibe to it. it
2: and it works really well by the way with this. It changes the lane. character
1: substantially of the Jamesons. Now you still get that Jamesons character but it really changes the finish on this yeah. uh, a lot and uh, it changes the smell a little bit too. Uh, the IPA cask, I think, is very good. Uh, I think people shy away from it because it says IPA, um, but it doesn't make it taste like IPA. It does add a little bit of that floral.
2: Well, it does. Uh, that uh, is it. actually one of my favorite whiskeys, the Glenfiddich IPA the cask. The Glenfiddich IPA, I yeah. love it adds a little floral whiskey. to the... But it's not really IPA does, tasting. Right. No, it doesn't right. taste IPA, but I love what it does to the whiskey. It just gives it this little lift is the way I describe it. It's uh, it's right. Now, let me ask you a pipe question here before this stops happening. I'm going to mic this pipe when I take a draw on it. Mm -hmm. So do you hear that little almost sizzly sound? Yes. Does that mean I'm doing anything wrong? It means you need to swab your pipe. Need to
1: what? Swab the pipe. Swab
2: the pipe. Okay, so why and what does that mean?
1: Well, so pipe tobacco is uh, moist. Okay. And if it's not moist, it sucks to smoke.
2: Right. So you're saying some moisture has made yeah. its way so around the So That's a little
1: gurgling in your in your pipe. Okay. So one of the ways you can do this into the carburetor then. Yeah. So the, so you have a you have a little tiny hole at the bottom of the bowl of your pipe. And uh, and you're getting a little bit of uh, juice there basically, you know, from from smoking. So what I generally do is you take the pipe apart we hold that a moment. I will.
2: It's wireless, so you can move around the room, dance, yes, do whatever you, you want to do.
1: See, and you have a little device I have in there. Some we want to there, wipe that it? out. Okay. We'll get a uh, we'll get a thing in just a moment. But basically, all I'm going to do is as uh, I'm going to stick this down in there, and I'm going to swab it out. This is just like anything else. You just go. And it's a
2: standard pipe cleaner.
1: Yeah, and it's going to absorb uh, whatever you have in there. Is it lamb's wool? <laughs> It's close. Very close. And they make a couple different kinds, by the way, of uh they make a couple different kinds of pipe cleaners. This one is an absorby one, like I like to call it. It's absorbent and um Ooh, yeah, yeah, see that what we're getting off of there. It's and this is just tars and whatnot from the tobaccos that there's some
0: schmutz get there. caught mm-hmm. in
1: here. Oh yeah. But just, just that little bit of cleaning out there You're back in business. Should get rid of all of that. What I call gurgling sound. Thank
2: you sir. Pat, are you still smoking The Accountant? Is that what you're uh, smoking?
1: No, I switched.
2: What what did you switch to? The Dark Roast or the 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 Dark Roast?
0: The one we just had. Okay. The Lane. The Lane. lane.
2: And and tell me what you thought of that. Was that was that something that felt a little too strong to you or did you like it?
0: It was
2: uh, a little ordinary. A little ordinary. Well, it is very straightforward. Oh, I Lord agree. Lord, I, I agree. Very much so. Ian is opening up a can now that is something that he's been predicting since before the show might I be suspect, might be my favorite.
1: I suspect you're going to really like this. Okay. One. This well, I'm excited Morning. about this. And,
2: and what is Chelsea Morning exactly you know? as I enjoy a little more of this Jameson cast? Virginia
1: man. with fragrant orientals, a bit of rich Latakia, and just a pinch of Perique. So it's going to have some of that spiciness that you like. Mm-hmm. But it's also going to have some other fun stuff going on. So, as right. they say, put that in your pipe and smoke uh, it, sir.
2: And uh, So, while I'm loading this, I'm going to ask Adam, if uh, our producer, Adam on the Wheels of Steel, if he would come over and tell us what he found. Because he actually, uh, when we were doing one of the last segments, uh, went searching for the origin of that phrase, put it in your pipe and smoke it. Adam, what did... Come over and tell us what you found, uh, and you can use my mic while I load this pipe up. Uh, uh, what did you find as to where that phrase came from? I mean, it's a fairly straightforward phrase, put that in your pipe and smoke it, but uh, wh- where did it come from? Do we know? First, I would like to say hi to my mom. <laughs> no, hi, Mom. <laughs> no, honestly, I was uh, Googled
0: it, and uh, basically I found out that I think one author wrote about it a while back, like maybe 1800s or so. But before that, like, there's no
2: actual definitive
1: um, the person
2: or place of where that Do came from, so who knows?
1: Right. Yeah. One in the middle, and, yes. and by
2: the way, I say hi to your mom all the time, so uh, uh, your mom is awesome. Perfect. Um, so it's interesting, it, there it really isn't an origin story then for the, uh, the phrase, put that in your pipe and smoke it. Did I spill your James? You just killed my James. Oh, that's not good. I apologize. I have to destroy you now. I had, the, uh, I had the I had the iPad in the way. I couldn't see that it was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. All right. Well, I tell you what. We'll try some other whiskey in this next uh, in this next segment, and we do have another beer left to try. This is the uh, Voodoo Brewing Big Black Voodoo Daddy Imperial Stout. Wow. I'm looking so forward be, to that one. Yeah, this should be a very interesting beer, um, and I'm uh, I'm I'm really anxious to try it. But I'm really anxious to try this tobacco, too, because you kind of built this one up for me. Uh, well, I think, I think this is going to be one that you're going to like, because I think it's going to have a lot of the, the things
1: that you said you liked about the other tobaccos, mm-hmm. but it's going to have a little sweetness to it as well, and, uh, and a little spice. So I think this is going to be closer to what you, what you uh, describe as your profile. All right. I, think it's, I just think it's going to be right up along those lines.
2: All right. Well, I'm looking forward to that. We'll cover it in our final segment coming up here. We are live at the Shady Acres Saloon in the Heights in Houston. Ian has just lit it up. Ooh, I love the room note on that. Yeah. I can already tell from you smoking it. We'll be right back at Smoking and in 171. All right, welcome back. It's smoking and toasting, show number 171. We are brought to you by the fine folks of B&B Butchers and Restaurant, 1814 Washington Ave in Houston, and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. We have lit this, um, tell me the name of this tobacco again, Ian.
1: Chelsea Morning.
2: All right, so my first impression is that I really, really like it, but I'm really curious to spend a little time with this and see if I'm going to like it better than some of the other tobacco that we do, that we've enjoyed.
1: So this is sweet red and bright virginia's fragrant orientals a bit of rich cypress latakia and just a pinch of peri the leaf is blended in layers briefly pressed then sliced and tumbled into ribbons into ribbons uh, lively and engaging with a subtle fruitiness and elegant creamy texture it's uh, a great bowl to accompany the morning cup. This
2: may be one of the more complex pipe That's tobaccos that I've time. that I've tried and And that, to me, is interesting all by itself because one of the things that I've always felt like I like better about cigars than pipes is that if I know what to smoke, I can find a bit more tobacco complexity. But this is convincing me that maybe I just hadn't tried the right pipe tobacco.
1: Yeah, there's tons of pipe tobaccos, and you can just blend your own if you like. Like, that's the crazy thing is if you like a couple different tobaccos, blend them. Sorry, I just realized my mic was off. Uh, If you like a couple different uh, tobaccos, just blend them. Just, you know, put one into the other and see what they do. Uh, Put a pinch of this
2: into that and let it sit for a week and see what happens. It's kind of interesting because you can, in a way that you really can't do with cigars, you can become your own tobacco Mm -hmm. blender and really kind of try to figure out what it is you like and and experiment towards uh, more and more of that. I like this because it has a little bit of that tingle on the tongue, mm-hmm. but it's not overwhelming. You're you're getting a lot of the other flavors. I can get a little of the sweetness mm-hmm. in there and some tobacco flavor and some fruitiness that I yes, wasn't expecting. Yes, the fruitiness
1: is there. The fruitiness like the uh, Aurora had. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it's got the Virginia, so it's got that very traditional uh, smoke to it. But it's also got the uh, the spice that you're tasting is that perique on the back of the tongue. That's what you liked about the previous one that we just... Uh, uh, smoke, but it's also got it's got a very cedary kind of note to it and finish to it, and then, to me, it has a little rounder body overall. When they say creamy texture, that's that kind of creamier, silkier smoke right. that you get.
2: You know, uh, I get uh, because I've ordered from some of the online uh, cigar companies, I get the uh, uh, catalogs yeah. in the mail. One of the catalogs I get is from a pipe and cigar company, mm-hmm. and they don't have really. Much of anything that I'm interested in in cigars, yeah. in their catalog, but they have tons of pipe tobacco, which and is just eye candy. I just really love reading through that. Yeah, it's like it's like getting the Sears catalog when you're a, a 13 year old. You know, uh, it's it's really interesting. It's really um, crazy to read the descriptions of the tobacco, and it makes me want to order everything. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, the catalog thing really does work. So uh, you are pouring. Uh, this very interesting looking bottle of Baker's. Baker's, and this is
1: this this is the Baker's uh, single barrel, eight years uh, barrel age, eight years six months. So it's called. Uh, I think they take their seven year and then age it a little longer. Apparently, uh, but
2: <laughs> I you know I, I've had some of what I thought was the Baker's seven, but the bottle shape was different. So I'm well so very this is, interested this is the in single in, barrel though. So this, okay, this, so that's why it's a single barrel.
1: May have a little bit this may have a little bit different uh finish on it or something going on like that. I'm not entirely sure, but it looks yummy. It, it certainly does. Hey, what a and fine whiskey to have uh, up at
2: the yes. bar. Absolutely. Uh the uh <laughs> the uh, bar is pretty well stocked, I have to say. They've they've done a nice job. And uh, it's not a place known as a whiskey bar, but if you're looking for something good, you will find it. Um
1: Yeah, so I think he does a good job because his clientele here is not like I just drink a whole bunch of really high-end whiskey. But he does have, I mean, I looked at the bar up there. He does have the super premium stuff on top like the Bakers. He's got the Bookers. He's got the LaFrague. He's got Glenn Levitt, 15, and Glenn Fittick, 15, both sitting up there. And then he's got your usual suspects down here but of really nice choices like the different Jamesons and a few other things like that. Yeah. Uh, That's for Adam. Thank you, Baker. Is
2: that,
1: is so that, Pat's, how's that? Tried,
2: uh, Pat's tried his first uh, uh, taste of the Baker Seven. Good. Yeah, it does smell great.
1: Yeah, that's. Oh wow, it keeps going. Yeah, and it goes really well with that pipe tobacco.
2: Yes, I'm. I'm interested and oh, in looking forward to that. Yeah. Oh yes it does. I'm I'm going to say I'm going to
1: say that's a happy union right there. And I'm
2: going to uh, echo your thought about it keeps going. I know exactly what you mean when you say that because it does. uh it does the 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 flavor and the finish just kind of stays with you in a really pleasant and enjoyable way. This is quite good. Well, listen, Bakers is At Bakers. It's I mean, hard to on. go wrong with anything that's got that name on it. It really is, you know? My wife would love this. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. His wife has great taste Baker's in bourbon 7? and whiskey. Baker's 7. And this is, um, it's, it's a single barrel Baker's 7. At 107 proof. No, that's why. At that's 107? why. It's, it's that 107 proof mm-hmm. that, uh, that's giving you that warmth that makes it so, uh, so darned exciting.
1: So, interestingly enough, the whiskey with this Chelsea morning brings out some of the fruitier notes in the tobacco. The tobacco, when you go back to the whiskey, brings out some of the more chocolatey notes in the whiskey. So it's really yeah. interesting going back and back forth. Back and there.
2: forth between them. And it's, you know, for those who, you know, we talk a lot on the show about pairing cigars and spirits. But here's a really interesting pairing of pipe tobacco and spirits. Well, pipe tobacco, you know, like, if if you're pairing tobacco and spirits, pipe tobacco
1: is just like pairing cigars and spirits. You get the tobacco in your nose, um, and then you can immediately go try, you know, do the whiskey sniff and try any whiskeys that smell good with it. The The big difference is, though, with cigars, generally when you light a cigar, you're engaged in a specific amount of time, however long it takes to smoke that cigar, or you're just being wasteful. With pipes, you can do a half a bowl.
2: Right.
1: And then try something else and do another half a bowl. I mean, it, it's nice because you can change things up. You could do the... You could do the pipe tobacco sniff if you have enough. You could pick a whiskey and then go smell your tobaccos and see which goes with it.
2: I just wanted to echo something you said, which was absolutely spot on. If you try the whiskey, you go back to this tobacco, and then you go back to the whiskey, chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. It's amazing how much more pronounced the chocolate is of the whiskey when you go back to it after taking a uh, puff on this tobacco. Hmm. This is very interesting. Now, Ian, you're pouring one of the darkest and blackest-looking stouts I've we ever seen.
1: Just put them on the end of the table so Adam can get them. Yeah. Um,
2: yes.
1: <laughs> um, Just put them over there by the place.
2: And that would be <laughs> this fine. one. Yeah, yeah, a that, little that. bit of whiskey and a little bit of the stout. The so producer mm-hmm. here is. And you get a we try, try to make here. sure we take care of the producer because be he's, he's responsible for so much fatty. of whether uh the show goes well or not. And also, we like to keep him on our good side so he doesn't decide to just embargo an episode and uh, never post it like some producers might do. The producer will be
1: so happy with Also, if we get him drunk, he doesn't tend to go, hmm, I should get paid more.
2: This this helps as well. That's right. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Lubing the axle, so to speak here. All right. So, Ian, uh, this beer, I didn't have much written down in the show notes about this. This is from Voodoo Brewing. Is there anything from the bottle you can tell us?
1: uh imperial stout 12 percent unfiltered the name says it all big black voodoo daddy name says it all um it's, it's our big bad seasonal stout made with copious amounts of chocolate and roasted malts. Those roasted malts really come through by the way topped off with the right amount of hops to make it taste like a chocolate bar al natural yeah uh, it's an old secret recipe Matt brewed back in the day. I'm assuming Matt has something to do with the brewery. Yep. Um, that you can enjoy half scent? I don't know what that means. That you
2: can enjoy half scent. Half lit. Half. <laughs> well, I want to mention that uh, the uh, type style on the bottle is a definite ode to the band, Big yes. Bad Voodoo Daddy, yes. because that's the type style of their logo, and gives me a chance to offer a shout-out to my friend Scotty, who is the lead singer of uh, Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. And those guys, by the way, still tour. They're still amazing. We use one of their songs uh, for the Bumper yeah, Music yeah. here on the show. And it is such a fun show. You don't have to be a swing dancer. Just go and enjoy its uh, it's swing, its old-style big band, its uh, jazz, its New Orleans. It's just so much fun, the whole show. Now, how much fun is the Stout? This is delicious,
1: and it's going to go really well with that Chelsea Morning. Really, really well with that Chelsea Morning. You
2: keep uh, coming back to the Chelsea Morning. I like here.
1: it. I think Chelsea Morning is one of the better, more interesting uh, tobaccos that 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 I probably have. Interesting, and there's just a lot of things going on in there. You know, uh, I, I smoke the Accountant a lot. That's that's kind of my go-to, but uh, but it's not as complex. You know, the Accountant is kind of a straightforward. Uh, Um, aromatic. It's very pleasant. It's sweet. It's a lot of those things, but it's not really super complex like the Chelsea Morning is. Mm -hmm. So today we've uh, opened up a few tobaccos. One of them I hadn't never tried before. Actually, two of them I hadn't tried before that I really enjoyed. Chelsea Morning I've had before. I enjoy that. I've had the best brown flake. We didn't get to that one today, but that's also quite good. But I, do, I wanted to bring, you know, usually when we go on the show, we talk about how to load a pipe. We talk about all those things. I wanted to bring some different tobaccos and experience right, today. And, t- and thought, talk
2: about the difference in the flavors yeah. and styles of the actual yeah. pipe tobacco. So
1: when you said pipe show, I thought, well, we've done a couple shows where I show you how to load a pipe and, and light a pipe and tamp it and those kind of things. This will be a show where we talk about the different tobaccos.
2: You know, for whatever reason, I've noticed in the like in the numbers that our pipe shows always have very large viewership and listenership because everyone wants to smoke a pipe not everyone does but everyone wants everyone to. wants to everyone's got I think a little pipe curiosity. it's that vague on. pointing thing that you it were, is that you it were. is
1: which is just outstanding when you have a pipe with a nice looking stem and you you know get a mm-hmm. little bit and back to big black voodoo daddy yes surprised
0: again over here
2: well now pat's not a dark beer guy
0: when you handed me the Dark beer, I go, that's about as far away from what I would normally select. That's as, completely opposite what you normally have. Be, but then I tasted it, and I'm thinking, it's not harsh. It's not hoppy.
2: There's layers of chocolate and uh, it's coffee. It's very enjoyable. And, uh, and just sort that that imperial stout uh, viscosity yes. that makes it uh, really enjoyable to and drink. And
1: very little uh, carbonation. So this is kind of kind of mm-hmm. the pinnacle of what it's supposed to be. It's really for good. For 12%. Yeah, and 12% my and it doesn't goodness. come across terribly now, it may yeah. not
0: be something you would try a six-pack of at the beach on a summer July day. It's
2: definitely Texas? not. No, it's no. definitely not a beach summer beer. But, but boy, you talk goodness. about this time of year curled this up in front of, of the year, fire, you know. Go home yeah. with some of this for the weekend. Light up that chiminea and enjoy one of these, you know. Nice. That's good stuff. Ian, uh, you're going back to the whiskey, and these
1: are like a heavenly pair. Wow! Remember the chocolateiness that showed up in the whiskey, mm-hmm. and the chocolateiness in this. And it's interesting because it brings out the coffee flavors in the, the beer, coffee flavors in the beer, and, the yes, cho- it, does. and it just turns this uh, Baker Seven into a chocolate fest. It's so
0: a sip of the really, whiskey. really good. And a sip of the Baker Seven, a sip of the big black voodoo daddy, a puff on the pipe with the Chelsea.
1: Yeah, you got a lot of stuff going on. And there. I've got
0: more than I can, you know. And really
1: then <laughs> depending
2: and then depending and on what order you do it in it changes the flavor. Oh, and, to, and what's wonderful is that's actually what this is really all it's about. It's the whole thing. That's the it's experience. The entire picture. Right. It's it's the whole experience. Yeah. Well, I have to say this has been a really fun show. And I love this place. I want to come hang out here until well after they close uh, because that's that's how to do it. Yes. And uh, I just – I really appreciate their hospitality and hosting us here and uh, allowing us to try some of the uh, whiskeys from their shelf. And they were both outstanding. Yes. And, um, Ian, you brought um, – I- I'm trying to figure out – and this is a little hard for me to make a choice – what my absolute favorite of the pipe tobaccos today has been. I really like this last one, which is the... Um, uh, Chelsea Morning. The Chelsea Morning. But I, I'm almost going back to the Aurora.
1: Well, I'll tell you what. You can take both of them home. I, oh, just, I see, have more tobaccos at this, the house.
2: This is, this, is what, <laughs> this is what a friend does. This is why I bring him cigars. He's, he's that kind of a guy. Well, um, this has been a, a real sort of flavor and, and pairing extravaganza more so than I would have expected uh, for a pipe show. M- much more of the the pairing vibe. And, and that's really taught me something about pipe tobacco and the way it can match and marry with uh, with different mm-hmm. whiskeys and, and beers. Like you said, the even just changing the order that you go between the whiskey and the stout and the uh, tobacco changes what you mm-hmm. experience in each of them. And to me, that's the part about this that's really fun and i i you know appreciate your pipe knowledge here uh carrying us through the show Uh, the best best i can do plus it gives you a chance to talk more which is good because i have to set the mic down and relight my
1: right so So, uh so i want to give a a great shout out to a big shout out to mike bell for letting us use his place man what uh what Mm -hmm. a wonderful wonderful host he's been um he uh welcomed us with open arms um and uh and i'm so so happy that uh I'm so so happy that you let us do it here. The ambiance here is so amazing. Also, if you're if you're in town, this is in the Heights. It's off of 18th Street, uh, inside the Loop, uh, and it's it's pretty easy to find. But they got this great big patio out there, this huge cigar and pipe friendly patio out there. They have right. live music going on a lot of times. They have uh, and it's it's a lot of times it's very country oriented kind of music stuff. So it's really good to chill outside. It's a lot of fun. They got some uh, pinball machines. They got pool tables. They got all kinds of stuff here. This is kind of an old school honky tonk. For and sure, I love that. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Um, really I also, is. I want to say if you guys are uh, if you guys haven't gone to the YouTube page and signed up, subscribe to our YouTube page, please. We love that. We need the numbers. Helps us bring more content to you. When you hit the like button, hit subscribe. Hit the little bell that that that, that tells you when we got new. Stuff out sometimes we'll post videos up there uh randomly sometimes we'll just post the show, but it keeps you in touch with us and uh, and you can always have us on in the background in your workshop at your work, on your phone, you know wherever you're doing romantic stuff
2: absolutely and because nothing says romance like playing. Smoking and toasting in the background. Oh yeah, I always I have it on the background all the time. Yeah, you know, see it, so it works. just sets the mood. It all just works all the time, all the time. The time. Uh, Pat, thanks for joining us on the pipe thanks show. Thanks for letting me be this a has part been, of this. Uh, this has been a blast, I'm and uh, and again, thanks to the uh, uh, the proprietor here, and thanks to uh, Adam on the Wheels of Steel. Uh, we always appreciate that. This has been show number one hundred and seventy-one. In the coming weeks, uh, two weeks from today, uh, we'll be joining the guys from Emperor. Cut cigars. Now, I don't know a lot about Emperor's Cut, except I met these guys uh, when we were at that uh, Glenfiddich event. And they handed me a cigar, which I took back home, and uh, smoked last week and really enjoyed. So now I'm excited about uh, getting together with these guys. I believe we're going to be at the new Downing Street, uh, which is something I think that's where we're going to do the show live from. And I'm excited about that because I can't even begin to afford... A membership there. Right. So to be able to get in there and uh, enjoy smoking some cigars will be an exciting thing. But the guys from Emperor's Cut uh, will be with us. And then uh, you were mentioning the little segments. Uh, I'll be in Vegas in a couple of weeks uh, because I'm taking my wife to see Barry Manilow in Vegas on Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. Who's the man now? Who's nice. the man now. Nice. Yeah, and I thought I was I thought about. I was smart. I'm taking my wife to New Orleans. Yeah. Well, see, that's a good that's a good play as well. Uh but both of us are likely to be doing some segments uh from our uh, trips that will be included in future. I'm going to find something ridiculous so we'll look, to post about we'll there. We'll look forward to that. Thank you guys so much for enjoying and supporting us on Smoking and Toastin. I uh, hope you enjoyed the pipe show. We'll be back next week with more cigars and more uh spirits and more craft beer. Have a great week everybody. And uh with what I have left of the Big black voodoo daddy I offer you. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers.